0: I have a Speed Week's pet peeve. What is it? I was down there for the duels, watching them, scanning a bunch of cars. And a bunch of cars with young drivers, I heard, man, just stay in line. We want to take care of our equipment. We just, hey, let's not wreck this car. It's our car for Sunday. And I was dang near boiling up there. This is the only mulligan you get in your racing career. Pearson now has the lead. Teddy Tyson as they come out of the fourth turn. They will be had
1: about 750 yards
0: to
2: go. Oh! Still, He's no a
1: big push. Still no He's
2: game Still no game. He's getting a big He's push. He's coming. He's coming. He's up to second. He's up to second. Up to the inside.
1: Up the inside. Mark Church, can three wide?
3: Mark Martin is having the race of his life. And there's nobody that's better at holding people off at Daytona.
2: Come down to this. He comes in the inside. Donnie Allison throws the block. Kale hits him. He slides. Donnie Allison slides him. This is the finish of the Daytona baby. 500. Come on. Come on. On side by right side, bouncing off each other. Up. Unbelievable.
0: And there's trouble coming off of turn two. Some cars get strangled. It might be this.
3: Whoever gets back to the start finish line will get the white and the yellow together. This could be the Daytona 500. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. This is episode 415. We got a little special treat for everybody today. Unfortunately, uh, Mike is not feeling too well. Decided instead of coming in here and giving all of us the crud, he was going to stay home. We appreciate that, Mike. Let's take one for the team. And um, so we you know, called up some friends to see if uh, somebody wanted to come in here and have a good time today. And lucky enough for us, Steve Latart is going to join us for Dirty Air. Uh, Steve, welcome to the Bojangles studio man. Thanks what, for coming. Listen, I appreciate it. I really want to know you take Mike out of the out of the state of North Carolina, he gets
0: sick. Like what <laughs> like what happens to Mike? He's kind of <laughs> like a he's like that little kid that gets out of preschool and now he has the
3: flu. Yeah, well, I don't know, you know, we uh <laughs> I'll say that with two uh, t- a two-year-old and a four-year-old in the house, I don't think that we have been healthy for Uh, some time now. You're not going to be runny nose free for the next nine
0: years, man. Let me go ahead and tell you. Mine are 19 and 17. You get at least till the first one has a driver's license.
3: It's the first time you
0: don't have runny noses in the house. Oh,
3: yeah. It's a decade-long thing. It's crazy. Good luck. Yep. I mean, I I get excited about our girls going and and being around other people than just us because we kind of spend a ton of time with them, and I think they get tired of it. But uh, every time they go, hey, man, they're going to go to this birthday party. For sure. At first, I was like, "Awesome, man! It'll be cool to see them engage with other kids and so forth." That's forward. right. Now I think, "All right, they're bringing something home." Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Do we have do we have all the medicine? Do we have everything we need because <laughs> I'm we, gonna I'm gonna be sick. We just got over the last one, time to get another one in here, <laughs> another bug in the uh. house. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, we're hoping Mike feels better and uh, is back next week. Uh, so um, let's get right into it, man. Daytona, Daytona 500, uh, a lot to talk about uh, with that particular race. Ricky Stenhouse wins. No real. Massive surprise, not not sort of a, you know he's won two races in his career, Daytona, Talladega, right, right, pretty good restricted plate racer,
0: yeah, so not a surprise that he won, but but it had been a few years, right, had been in the Sixth teens, or something, yeah. yeah, so. So, what I tell you, what I saw out of Ricky that I was most impressed with is I saw a little bit of patience and deference over the course of 500 miles. Like, there were some times that I think the 2019 Ricky Stenhouse Jr. would have stuffed it in three wide and perhaps caused a wreck. I actually saw a little bit of patience through the course of the day. and And I think you and I agree that if Ricky gets, much like he did last year, to have a chance in the 500 – you know, he's really good in the closing laps. It's just he has a hard time getting there. Yeah, right. True. He has a hard time getting there. I will say before we even get into the race though, I saw you down at Daytona. Uh, for the listeners, the five hundred is back. And what I mean by that is I was a little lazy making some reservations. I didn't know if I was gonna go. You can't get a hotel, you can't get dinner reservations, traffic is a nightmare, and those are all a, a bonus for NASCAR, right? Like it was things. sold out and it was packed. It felt like back when you and I were racing it in, in the teens, right? It it was it was a major event. It was how fun. did that happen? I, I don't know, but it was uh, hard work. Listen, good racing. Sports stars are making it fun. I th- I'm think i a big believer. We talk about all the stuff around it. It's real simple. Are you entertained or are you not? Yeah. What are you watching? Yeah. And I think that they make a good time. Like, the flyover is is reason enough to go. People think I'm kidding. The flyover is reason enough to go to the Daytona Fly. It's unbelievable. They practice it every day for, like, four days straight. Saturday, they shook my ears. Yeah. I mean, forget the big five guy, you know, five at a time. And I know you were down there on Saturday. How about the guy that came on, like, on the deck? He was a few hundred feet above us and running mock something. Like, he came by in a hurry. (laughs) That's, like, the ultimate flex. I'm going to shake everybody's teeth down here. Watch this.
3: Yeah, I was surprised, too. When I was was there, uh, the infield was full from one end to the other. It's been a long time when you're driving out that tunnel in turn four. Look over to the right towards turn four and turn three. Kind of thin, not entirely full, but over this past weekend – it was full. Uh, it reminded me a lot, like you say of the years uh, years past, 2004, 2006 when we were really at our peak. And when I was watching the race on TV, I took notice of the grandstands being full to the very tippy top. Yeah, bottom and, to top, It was unbelievable. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I I you know I'm glad that the sport's swinging in the right direction. And um I don't live or die on every single race. We're gonna have races that guys just run away from you. Yeah. And uh I uh you know, look at it from a big big forty thousand foot point of view, but looks like things are going in the right direction. I mean, you gotta give Phelps and NASCAR and, and all the T V partners and everybody that's responsible a little bit of credit here.
0: Yeah, and the facility. I mean um, Yeah, that too, that I, too. I, I got to go so over track experience. It's great. Like so I got to go over to do a couple suite appearances Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me, as you walk through the stands, mm-hmm. we go to a lot of different racetracks, right? If this is the this the Taj Mahal, as it should be, right? NASCAR's offices are across the street. Like this is supposed to be the one. It feels like the one. Yeah. Right. The suites are great. The stands are great. The the track experience out front. There, I saw the NASCAR
3: experience. You know, there was a lot of buzz, well before the green flag. I like two days before the race. I did an appearance across the street. Uh, we went into some restaurant and and did a Q&A for about 15, 30 minutes. It was full of people, excited to be there. They were probably I was probably one in a long line of many that came through right. that day to talk to those folks. You weren't doing that two, three years ago. No. Nobody would have showed up. Right. There weren't enough people. You'd that, have left there mad. You'd, no. be like, you'd have told your people,
0: like, we're not going back to do that again. I'm not going to go to this restaurant. for t- Like, I want my time to, to reach as many fans as there possible. There was zero
3: demand right. for that yep. type of an experience right. a year ago, two years ago. And uh, like you say, I mean that, that when those when we're doing those type of things, that's when you know that there's a, there. You know, when you're going sort of outside the race itself, and there's a there's there's a big impact for the uh, for the weekend, and you're doing certain things throughout town in the race market. Uh, that reminds me of the old days when things were really hitting off.
0: Well, then the best part is we we talk about all the off track stuff, and then I think from green flag to checkered flag. I received what I think is a signature Daytona 500, which is, um, it reminds me of the Dale and Dale show when it was your dad and Dale Jarrett or the Stewart's and Gordon shows. or And, and what I mean by that, it was, there's this buzz of Chase Elliott, this buzz of Ryan Blaney, this buzz of Denny Hamlin, but you had to survive 500 miles. Like, what makes that race great? Like, look, I don't need 500-mile races every week, um, but that race should never be a mile short of 500. Because part of it is to somehow control your ego and anxiety for 500 miles to keep cycling. Every green flag pit cycle changed the kind of guys controlling the race. There was just so many good storylines through the race. And then I don't think any of us were shocked that it ended with a little bit of a sprint to the finish. Although I will tell you, I know the fans love the sprints. I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't need that Daniel Suarez yellow. No. I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, okay,
3: children's just yeah. controlling it.
0: Like, where's the chess match coming from? Because
3: I felt like there was something coming. Daniel's sliding down the front straightaway and I'm thinking, let's not throw yellow yet. Yeah. And then he, but he got into the grass, kind of sort of like got stuck for a second. So eventually, if I was in the booth, I likely would have mashed the button.
0: Yeah, and actually, and and I kind of, the field was a little, so speedways, if everybody was together yeah. and we have three quarters of a lap until they get back there, I think you could give them time. But I think at that point of the race, there's enough wrecked cars still on the racetrack that there are still cars coming off
3: four at speed. We were so zoomed in on Daniel when he's sliding into the grass, and I'm like, well, I don't know really what's going on around the racetrack. Is he in danger? Is he in danger, right?
1: If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing? or the neighborhood best and why can't all this information just be in one place dalton this probably sounds real familiar to you
2: it does i just bought a house last year and you know you asked uh, why can't all this information be in one place well now it is on homes.com they've got everything you need to know about the listing itself but even better they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history
1: Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework.
3: Yeah, there was a lot of conversation about uh, the broadcast, and that's a difficult position for me and you to be in. I do want to touch on it because people certainly were reacting to uh, commercials, and, and there was a lot of frustration around that. Uh, it's a tough spot for me and you to be in because we work in the booth, we work in the business, right. and we understand it a little bit differently. But I was surprised uh, while I was watching the race. So I'm watching the race, and and Mike Joy talked about this on Twitter, and I thought, man, they must be front loading this race. What that's what uh, sometimes happens in the booth. Uh, we we run a lot of commercials when there's a lot of green flag action. We're not missing major moments right. or really spectacular risk risk taking, you know, crazy things happening. A lot of times we may try to front load the the commercials into the first stage. That gives us a chance to say at the end, you know, hey, man, for the last 20 laps, we're going to stick around. That's right. And so I thought that that's what they were doing. Uh, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Mike uh, Joy touched on that a little bit, that that's a common practice for them. I would have never have guessed that the commercial rate uh, t- was flat. From two thousand one to two thousand ten to two thousand twenty three. Yeah, as far as number of commercials. Right, right. So there was a graph on Twitter that that uh, Jamie Little and a few other people were were sending passing around, and basically, I mean, an informal sort of uh, look at commercial breaks in in two thousand one, two thousand ten, and two thousand twenty three, and. Uh, The percentage of green with ads uh, was up higher in 01, higher even in, in, uh, well, it was only 2% lower in 2010. There were more more breaks, so 23 in 2023, 19 and 20 uh, in 2001, and 2010. So a little more, a few more more breaks, but the amount of laps that we missed was very similar. Um, The amount of green flags... Uh, laps that we missed was actually lower than two thousand one. I mean, it's it. Anyways, the point is, is that it was flat. One of the things that drives me crazy, and I feel like I can say this without getting in too much trouble, and you don't have to comment if you don't want to. <laughs> don't leave me down a road to get me in trouble now. I know. All right. So All right. the the amount of commercials to me that doesn't bother me one bit. If anything, I, I that. And this is me. This is my personal opinion. This probably is not something shared by a lot of people, but that to me speaks to the enormous enormity of the event, or the importance of the event, or the the, the specialness or uniqueness of it. Right? Just like uh, for the Super Bowl, um, a lot of companies put a lot of yeah. effort. Right. And 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 we we sit through those commercials to see you know pick and choose and criticize and and. I similarly did the same thing for the 500. Obviously, yeah. you saw a lot of a lot of the same
0: commercials in a shortened version pop back up again, being yeah. on Fox again. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I recognize that one. That one kind of showed up uh, at the 500, or, right. or, or excuse me, showed mm-hmm. up at the Super Bowl, yeah. and now we see it again. So, yes.
3: so I mean, I I I didn't I wasn't bothered by the amount of commercials or the the, the the amount of them or how often they were coming. I didn't think I was really missing much when the commercials would come on now, of course we did have that one crash that happened during the side-by-side, uh, which is unfortunate and it, we, it happens all the time. We will, um, But to their defense, they were in a side-by-side. They were, we weren't completely our, away. Our producers will come in our ear and say, Hey, is there about to be a lead change? Yeah. Can we go to commercial here? They're trying like that's, right. that's, that's to tell you the fan listening, that they are really making an effort to try not to miss any action. But if, if they think the lead changes happen, they'll try to hold off. Right. And, um, you know, usually they take a little direction from the booth. Clint Boyer, Tony Stewart, what are you feeling? They about to wreck. Right. We need to stay here. Um, the One of the things, though, that has... One of the, one of the things, though, that surprised me or I've learned or, or come to understand and didn't recognize, like when I was watching races all of my life, I didn't... You, you got me. Right. Networks, <laughs> you got me on this one. But when I got into the booth, I'm like, oh, okay, this is how this works. It's the ads that are happening while we're watching the race. The there was a moment when they went to interview uh, Noah Gragson during a stage break, running 30th, whatever, right, right? Right. Just because that was an ad buy by Wendy's. Right, right. So they went to Noah and said, Hey Noah, how's your race going? Right. Okay, thanks, Noah. Yeah, man. Noah's then having a great time. How about, when, Noah, when, Noah I think even read a promo from the scene. Yes. <laughs> he had so he had some marching orders, oh, right? Yeah. That, I liked it. And so all right, that, I was impressed is a better way. Good for one. Yeah, that happened. And then immediately after that, we had a Toyota manufacturer's ad buy where we went to set on cameras, bumper cameras, hood right. roof cameras of about three or four Toyotas, right? And those things a lot of times are happening. And if you pay attention, you'll pick up on when you it's an obvious ad purchase on air. Right. And so um, I think that's a necessary... Part of it, I understand that the networks are trying to take you know uh, take advantage of the opportunity to to bring in ad revenue. They need to. It's expensive to put on these races. Um, sometimes, though, I get just the f- frequency of it or how it's done. Uh, could it be done differently to where we don't step away from where the action really is, right? And so that was the one. I I now I think it. I think I'm even more critical because now I know how how the, how the recipe's made. Yep. Now I know how it's cooked. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm watching the race completely differently. And I'm like, we're looking at this and I want to look at this. We're looking at this and I want to be looking at this. We're looking at this and I want to see this. Why are we looking at that? Why aren't we looking at this? And I'm overly critical, overly analyzing. So you're going to love this. Marv, our, our, our producer, he told me
0: after like year one, he goes, you're not going to believe this, but working at TV is going to ruin watching TV for you. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, just watch. When you watch a football game, you're going to be like, well, no, no, show me this. Because yeah. before you didn't even know that was possible. Right. Now you know, oh, no, there's a guy with a switch. He can show me that. Yeah. Just, that's what I want to see. <laughs> you're so, so right. You know, the, the problem I have is you and I want to watch probably the same race. Mm-hmm. So it's good when I sit at home and I watch it with my wife and my father-in-law and all these people because as i'm sitting over there starting to steam cuz they're not showing me what i want and i want to see this green flag cycle or this blend for the you know my father-in-law thinks what they're showing him is the best thing ever yeah. he has zero interest in what i want to see and that he is doesn't the, know what he's missing yeah that's the challenge it's kind of like it's like the experience of the broadcast what's right what's wrong there isn't a right answer and yeah. it just come and i think that's really the struggle the struggle is it just comes down to opinions yeah um I really thought that um, – Yeah, I, We have the same complaints because you and I, we could literally just – like we want to watch it like we're standing on top of the
3: stands watching. Like I just want yeah. to watch the the battles I want to watch. Yeah. It's interesting, man. And um, I will say, too, I don't envy Fox and those guys having to get in the – be in mid-season form right out of the gate. Totally. So – I will I, like when me when me and you go go when I, w- when we go back to work at NBC, man, I really don't feel like we're hitting on all cylinders till like four races to go. Yeah, like kinda. the season's coming to an end. I'm like, man, we really starting to get somewhere, <laughs> right? And I can't imagine how, I guess you know, well every other how
0: sport, right? Like the Fox football guys, they had the NFL or they had the Super Bowl, but they had a whole year. Yeah. Like to your point, you know, for, for, for Boyer and Mike, they say, hey, we're going to send you out to California. We're going to do, you know, the clash. Then, then here we are. Yeah. This is a great American race.
3: Like, yeah. don't mess us up. Be as, as great as you can be. That's true. I thought Tony Stewart was great in the booth. Mike Joy is always exceptional. Um, Clint bringing his general. So, so
0: I will say this I agree with all that. But I, I, and I think Tony's spectacular in the booth. But what I want is, but that's not the Tony I know. And that's like new, older, polished. Like race car driver Tony. Yeah. And now listen, or excuse me, race car owner Tony. Yeah. I still want like, you know, twenty oh six Tony. Now mm-hmm. perhaps he that wouldn't work in the booth, but gosh, it'd be entertaining.
3: A little more critical.
0: Just just he can say someone does something dumb. Yeah. Like he's Tony Stewart. Yeah. I kind of had the same feel about Jeff Gordon, right? Yeah. Like, Jeff Gordon could be like, nope, that was a dumb move right there. He shouldn't have done it. And if you don't believe me, I've won 93 races, right? Yeah. And Tony Stewart can be like, <laughs> nope, that was dumb right there. And if you don't believe me, here's my championship trophies. Yeah. You
3: know, it's – No one would not believe Tony.
0: Well, that's – yes. And I think he almost knows that. And I think he – you know, he doesn't want to, like, hammer the gavel on a driver because yeah. he knows that his voice is going to, like – you know, he doesn't want to put them in this awkward spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm with you. I thought overall it was fun. It was fun to watch. Stenhouse was, I think, a popular winner for me. Single-car team. That kind of helped. That made my heart warm a little yeah. bit. I hear about all these orders and manufacturers and all this stuff, and yet, oh, here we, we go.
3: Single-car team. I mean, you know, I heard rumors that there was some uncertainty about that particular team, you know, going forward, what they were going to do with their charter and whether they would continue to, you know, compete as they were in in, in one form or another. And a, a win like that, I know because it, same thing in the Xfinity Series. Uh, what we went through in the Xfinity Series uh, was about a, you know, at minimum a $300,000 swing. Right. You know, so for them to win that race is a huge – that's like a that's like signing an associate sponsor right on the spot, mm-hmm. right, that's going to help them insulate them a little bit throughout the year to take on some of the, you know, some of the cost of damage and so forth going out, uh, you know, makes that West Coast swing a whole lot easier. Well, an A plus for JTG for signing and believing in Stenhouse last year.
0: And the reason I say that is because you were mentioning what's doing from an owner's perspective. But I believe from a driver's perspective, Stenhouse is good. Yeah. He's going to be able to drive as long as he wants now. New crew chief. You can make the championship with whatever you have. You know, if you win a race and he can win at all of them. You mentioned new crew chief, Mike Kelly. Listen, I think Brian Patty's very smart. I think Mike Kelly's very smart. I don't think this was about smart. What I heard was that they be- like there's this belief in this team. He's rallied the troops where. Where we're going to be the best version of us, we believe in you, Ricky. You believe in us. Let's go do it. Um, so as a race car driver, because I thought Ricky was more patient throughout the race. Is it fair to think that some of that adds up? Does he feel if he everyone believes in him and his owners tell him to kind of just be do You think he yeah. feels less pressure to be so perfect for the first three or four hundred miles, or do you think he's just maturing? Like what? What creates this? I don't know. Like I think he's made way better. Good decisions through the yeah. course of the race.
3: I don't really. I, I can't be sure. Um, he did get married. He did sort of. Oh, have, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah you're professional, right. You know, personal. When your personal life gets in order, my gosh, it makes you a lot calmer, a lot less anxious, and and anxious people make you know yeah. rash decisions, and so that could have an effect on it, a calming effect on him. But I believe that he and Brian Patty more than likely. Were as close as they could be, right? You know they they had a they had a great relationship, but they had been doing the same thing. Yeah, and it, there comes a point when both people wonder, man, what else is there? Mm-hmm. What's outside of this? And there, you know, somebody just has to be big enough to go. You know what? Maybe we should both go try something different. We've been doing this a long time, and we could do it again. Uh, and, and it's probably going to net the same results. Um, what do you say? And I think it's probably great for for Ricky to to have a change, for better or worse, whether this works in his favor or not. I think to it, it, at least out of the gate, starting a season, you have a renewed hope that it will be different. It will be better. Mm-hmm. Cars are going to drive a little differently. Man, I would... I would get excited about driving a different car. Uh, I, I would I would get excited about a crew chief change, even if the very same car was the car I raced the week before, because I, I there was a possibility he was going to do the bump different, that you know he's yeah. gonna change change casters and camera. The thing was going to do some different things in the middle of the corner, enter in the corner, exit in the corner, and he would have different ideas on how to fix problems mm-hmm. that I had with the car. Whether that was going to make me faster or not, I just knew I was going to hear some new stuff, yeah. right, and try some new things, and so I think that's probably got him pretty excited too. Now that wears away really fast yeah. if the if the performance isn't there, uh, you can jump right into panic mode in just a week or two, right? But I think this win's going to carry them quite a ways before they have you know they have to worry about that. The uh, one thing that I noticed about the race that was interesting: the third lane didn't form at all to me. This car's this car's a strange car to watch at the plate races. Uh, how the runs materialize, how quickly, where you know they seem it, it 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 it's going to not always make sense. I could literally with the old car know exactly when the outside line was going to create momentum and when a guy was in a bad position or when somebody was trying to take advantage of somebody, and it's a little harder to see. And some things kind of surprise you, runs that happen and, and runs that don't happen, right? You sit there and watch them go, oh, they should they should be cre- creating some momentum. What's going on? Right. And the other thing, too, is with the rack and the tow links and all that, the way these cars lose control and how they act and look and react, like the 12, uh, Blaney and Reddick and them, that crash, like when they get bumped and out of control, it's it's somewhat even comical how twitchy and... And at the mercy of you know
0: and add the tire i yeah. think a lot you know we used to have this car riding on this big squishy tire yeah. so like you'd slide a little right you turn and the yeah. and the tire would be like i'm, not, I'm gonna help you not over yeah. and you're gonna <laughs> come back this way yeah. and now that tire is like man like a pair of converse like all-stars there's yeah. nothing to it nothing if you turn left it's left and you go oh i don't want to go left right left yeah. right oh i'm wrecked i know it is. It's, it is. It's, it's. If you put it over some music, it would absolutely make you giggle. Yeah. Even though you know this is the best guy. You know some of the best guys in the world trying to save. They you are and They don't have a chance. Way behind on the steering. <laughs> you might as well just switch. Like just
3: skip a correction. I hate to laugh because it. I, they are not laughing. They're um, not. But you are right. You're like that's, oh, that's what, saveable. That's what oh. makes Larson's save so incredible. When he got turned sideways yes. in the middle of three and four, that <laughs> he's Larson. I know one of the greatest drivers currently. In the in the world, I don't know that he gets that saved every single time. Absolutely not. Right. Nothing so so for the listeners, listen.
0: When this car turns sideways, nothing is helping you. The old car you turn sideways and the arrow would dump on that thing and you'd have this big cane right there, be like, oh yeah, there's oh there's my airbag. I'm good, I'm straight. This one's the opposite. Yeah. You start to slide the back of the car and all you want is more rear grip. And instead, as this car turns sideways, all the air goes to the front tires. And you're like, yeah. no, I don't, I don't want those to be any more positive. Yep. And now you're like, like you said, now you're chasing it. The <clears> third lane. So this car, when I watch it race, so it's funny because you and I see this very differently. You experience the old car so well, you would see runs develop. And like in your mind, you're like, oh, well, that's happening. And I am three tenths of a second behind you. I'm like, really? Oh, yeah, there it is. Like I couldn't see it like you saw it. Now this car seems like it is a truck it's like it's up against this big draggy like it's just it's just ready to go, yep, so it doesn't take much of a sniff of a draft for it to really accelerate, mm-hmm. but I think the difference is for me, a great and you taught me this, and Gordon taught me this you know a great speedway car would get a run and then keep a run, yeah for an extra five hundred mm-hmm. feet for an extra thousand feet for that last foot that you need to pull down in line when when we won the 500 there was like a moment there with i don 't know fifteen or twenty to go that we had to complete a pass. And I'm like, man, if that car's not good enough, it doesn't complete that pass, right? And that makes the whole day. Mm -hmm. This car, it's like it gets a run real quick, and it loses a run real quick. Like like the energy is gone. So you better do something with it. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, if a pass used to take a lap and a half, now a pass takes like half a lap. You know, if you go back to watch the finish, right? Stenhouse pulls to the left at like the last minute. He forces Larson to either push him or go to the middle. I don't know if Larson. I don't think he did the wrong thing going in the middle. You would know better than me. He at least tried to win the 500. Yeah. But then, the wreck happens, and the 47 is already pushed back by the 22. Like in the old car, I don't. I think the 22 is still leading off turn two. Yeah. I just don't think the bottom line pushes them out there that quick.
3: I had I watched the race, and there's no third lane. It's two None. by two from from the you know from front to back. And my frustration just gradually grows and grows for the guy in 8th, the guy in 12th, the guy in 20th. He cannot do anything. He can't do nothing. Right. And it's, it's, to me, the way that race ran with those two lines basically locked down and, and, bas- and the only people, <laughs> nobody able to really make a move, nobody, nobody could really force the middle, nobody could go to the top and create a third lane. It's no different than when they go to the top and ride around the top. When they go to the top and ride around the top, you know that if they all agree to do it, that's what we're going to watch for the next 40 minutes, right? Somebody's going to try to get down there. Denny Hamlin or a few guys are going to try to bust it up, and we hope that they do. But for the most part, if everybody agrees to go to the top, we could watch an hour of that, right? That's what I was sitting there doing, watching basically the same thing, but just two by two on the bottom,
0: and but this goes back to the coverage, and, and once again, I'm with you. I'm not picking on Fox because I, I think we leave our own races and go, man. I wish we would have shown something different, or that, yeah. like, like it's a total team effort. You're not always going to get what you want. That's why for me, the green flag cycles were so important because it was the only time we saw a new group show up at the front. They didn't drive there through this five or six laps of green flag cycles. They were better at it somehow. Took less fuel on and off pit road. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like no, it's not like you know, let me see if I get the team right. RFK, I'm finally getting, it's almost normal to say RFK. You know, they cycled to the front of the 500 through pit stops. They didn't drive there. So, it's like those are the moments of this 500 all day long was to your point. It it might as well have been single file around the top and then you all pit and then we reset the field and then we kind of ride like that to the next pit stop Mm -hmm. or the stage end. Yeah.
3: I don't know what they, I mean, I just feel like that fundamentally the card isn't a a really, really great super speedway car, the package or whatever you, however you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, I would not know what the hell to do to make it better or what I, I don't have an opinion on, Oh man, they should change this or that. I, I, the dragginess of it is probably a big problem that that keeps them bottled up and limited on what they can do and forces the guy that's in 10th to sit there and ride in 10th, even though he would love to get creative. He has no ability to really get creative and do much. Um, I think the drag uh, on the cars probably plays a big role. Um, Ill handling too. I didn't. I wasn't
0: there to scan a bunch of drivers, but Logano got out and said, "Hey, I didn't choose the bottom because I couldn't run the bottom." And I was like, "He wasn't comfortable." I didn't see that yeah. like visually. And like we've watched a lot of races. Usually, I could be like, "Oh man, Logano can't run the bottom." Look at him sliding up. I didn't physically see anything he was talking about. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe him. Yeah. So it is like, why, How is that being hidden from us? So you know, it's crazy.
3: Yeah, in the first stage during the day when the sun was on the racetrack, at the end of the stage, you could see guys missing the bottom off of four. Remember, you know how you get yeah. tight. Yeah. There was a couple times where they, a couple other guys lost the car, and luckily didn't didn't clean out the outside line or make contact with anybody. Uh, when it got cooler, that that threat goes away mm-hmm. and in with the tire that we have it's it, it happens too late in the run you know if they started this race earlier we'd have a hotter slicker racetrack to where you know tire wear handling would really play a role throughout the entire event um, we saw a little bit of that in the first half of the race where toward the end of those stages guys were like oh, oh, oh i'm out i'm out of the gas right you know and the and guy on the outside
0: was like, "Oh, I'm lifting. I'm trying to give this guy some <laughs> yeah. space. Don't run me are, over."
3: Those are some cool moments when you know that there's some panic and 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 guys trying to save their tail. Um, fire out the pipes It's kind of like the bullseye. Look at that guy; yeah. he is there out was, of control. At this there was point. one time in the broadcast down the back straightaway, they were all lined up on the in two by two, and Denny was the third car on the inside, and somebody had him jacked up all the way down the back straightaway. Fire is coming out of the pipes. Pop! 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 And but he's not losing right. time to the car in front the guy behind him is shoving him <laughs> and got him jacked up and he's out of the throttle like oh uh, let me go, uh, turn me loose NASCAR history and heritage come alive at the NASCAR Hall of Fame celebrate my fellow inductees Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss with their class of 2024 artifacts enshrined in the Hall of Honor Don't miss the Ford Performance Showcase. It's a new inside NASCAR exhibit that showcases the Ford Mustang's next-gen car through its design and innovation. The latest edition of Glory Road explores over 75 years of racing history with its cool 33-degree banking and 19 cars on display. On Mondays and Fridays, there's guided tours that take you behind the scenes with incredible stories and access to a NASCAR Hall of Fame Insider. Or you can explore the hall at your own pace with the new mobile hub. It's a digital experience. Get behind the wheel of a realistic iRacing simulator. Or you can learn how fast-paced pit stops work with the Pit Crew Challenge. From the legends who shaped the sport to the new heroes earning a spot in the record books, the NASCAR Hall of Fame delivers an unforgettable experience. Book your visit to the hall today at nascarhall.com.
0: Oh, well, listen, I do think that the 500 is starting to have a little signature, and I wanted to get your opinion on this because it kind of goes down where your dad was. It took 20 years for your father to win the 500. Brad Kozlowski hasn't won it. Yeah. Shocking because he's a great play racer. He had he, Kyle it. Kyle Busch hasn't won it. Hmm? Truex hasn't won it. Like the list of, like, we're talking Hall of Famers yeah. that have yet to win. Like kind of the great, so so I was posed this question, so I'm going to ask this question to you. So the fans, someone had said, hey, in the last little bit, we've seen a bunch of, um, we'll call them non-favorites. They've been long shots, Syndrich, uh, you know, Ricky Stenhouse, you know, the gamble guy over here. I'm going to call them long shots. They were thirty to ones. I think that only adds to the aura of the Great American Race. Like say the biggest race of the year was run at Charlotte. I'm going to make this up. I think it would lose a little signature that the most funded team could go down there and out-engineer everybody else and dominate a race for decades and decades and decades because they have something figured out. What I think makes Daytona so special is there is this air. I hate to use the word luck, but you have to definitely have some good fortune with a good team and everything else go your way to win that race. And I think that's kind of growing with now something like, listen, Kyle being the biggest, the guy's won 60 races and has never won that race. It's starting to kind of get that little bit of a eerie feel. Like, will he ever get his chance to win that race?
3: Well, I think that there is some, there is a bunch of luck to win in the Daytona Five Hundred. There is a lot of luck. You got to miss wrecks. You got to, you know, have a few things go your way. Cautions fall correctly. But there are some moments. You mentioned it. Like whether it's whether you want to call that luck or skill or or great instincts. There are some moments where Ricky has to choose to do something and he does it. Right pulls down in front of the five, uh, forces the bottom line to push him through one and two to be able to clear off of two to 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 win the race. There's guys that that are always up at the front of these races. Brad, Denny, it's because they're good at it. You know, it's-
0: well, I was going to challenge your luck statement that you and I ran four of these together. We had a flat running third. We ran second, second, and first. Yeah. So I'm like, you you found your way to the front of these a whole lot. So. So to your point, the skill yeah. does make a difference. There is
3: some skill. There's an it's it's an approach. It's an idea. It's an it's a mentality of of how you need to race. And and I think that there is some knowledge about the air and the draft. There's some there is some knowledge. There is some uh, you know there right. there is some important things that you need to know. But there's also just instinct and and being brave or or going for it or you know there's times in that race when you're watching, you got to be selfish. It's an uncharacteristic trait. A lot of people don't want to be selfish. You're taught not to be selfish. Uh, but in the Daytona 500 or racing in restricted plate races, you have to be out for yourself. Uh, you have to faint some support sometimes to mm-hmm. teammates, you know, throughout the day, yeah. but when it when it really comes down to it, you're not going to be there. You're not going to you're not you're not going to push them across the finish line to win the race. You want to do that. You got a whole team waiting on you to do that. I have a Speedweeks pet peeve. What is it? So I'm a guest, so I don't want to bring it up in the segment. But I have a pet
0: peeve. Yeah. I was down there for the duels watching them, scanning a bunch of cars. And a bunch of cars with young drivers, I heard, man, just stay in line. We want to take care of our equipment. We just, hey, let's not wreck this car. It's our car for Sunday. And I was dang near boiling up there. And this is my pet peeve. This is the only mulligan you get in your racing career. So I'll pick on the 21. That's a good point. Because I was point. scanning the 21, and their strategy, which was executed very well by their driver, was, hey, cruise here, single file. Don't worry about it. We're going to start top 10 day 500. And I'm losing my mind. Because I'm like, no, 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 no. Zig, zag, push, shove. And if you stuff at the fence, that's great. Because we'll just get the other one out. Because on Sunday, I want you to line up, and he had the chance, against... The ones you mentioned, the Hamlins, the Brads, the Logano's, and I'm expecting this 22-year-old young man who's had very little practice in his Cup career. He's had one 100th of the laps of most of those other guys have in drafting, and you expect him to outduel them with one 100th of the knowledge. So my pet peeve are these teams that I'm not I'm not ignorant to the financial implications sure. if he wrecks that race car. But if we're so close, we can't wreck a race car in the duels. What are we doing? why are we going down there? Like, that's my pet, my pet peeve is that if Kyle Larson, the front row guy, is zigging and zagging and dueling and doing everything he can, he's not doing that, in my opinion, to finish better. He's doing that because it's like, man, I'm not very good at this. And I'm self-admittedly not very good at this. So the only way I know how to get better is to practice. So here I go, I'm practicing. And, Practice is a joke because it's four manufacturers or four from this manufacturer, four from this one, running single file, right? So the only real drafting practice, it's kind of like restart practice. The only way to get better is to lead races. Well, the only way to get better at drafting, you've taught me this, is to draft. So my pet peeve is these teams that don't allow their young drivers to go make a huge mistake on Thursday because it's the only time all year long you can make one and it not cost points or, you know. Yeah, that was my the other pet peeve of speed weeks. That's a
3: great point, and and I've talked about that in the past. The other thing too is if I'm out there and I'm watching Harrison or a Young Driver, and he makes some great moves, I'm really more likely to go with him on Sunday. See, so I didn't even think of that side. If he does, if I see him not doing anything, or I'm not learning anything mm-hmm. about him mm-hmm. and his ability, and how much he not he ha, he knows about side drafting and how to do that properly, and what you know. I always... Like it's an audition, you mean, for yeah. the other half of the drivers watching the duel. Yeah. You, yeah. Practice in the, you know, in the 2000s, practice was a chance to go out there and show everybody your car was the best. It's funny you said, it.
0: by the end of Speed Weeks, before we started on Sunday, we all kind of knew, man, if this guy makes the move, you better go with him, because yeah. that thing has been a rocket all yes. week long, and if he goes, guess where he's going?
3: And we want to be in his lane. And guess what happened all day on Sunday? Everybody yeah. went with that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like what you're thinking there. That was my pet peeve. Yeah. I'll also admit, God, I don't want to do this publicly. <laughs> I, I was team no practice. Yeah. I was like, man, we don't need practice. Yeah. I was wrong. One hour. just Even single car runs. Yeah. Just, just get, a, get, yep, get yep. It hot. I get was, wrong. was dirty. Not that I had a vote in it, but I would have been team no practice. I was wrong. Yeah. Should have had had a little bit of practice It would have been qualifying. good for a few guys. It would have been just good for the sport, to be honest. It would have been like, hey, man. We're back. Yeah, and listen, I think Pat Pastrana being in the race was cool. I think there's an opportunity with this car and the teams and the charters for other big names. Elio says he wants to run the 500. How's Elio going to run the 500 if he doesn't get to get the high gear until he qualifies? Yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Right, like Elio's not going to – he's like, nah, man, I got to have like a few laps. Connor didn't
3: even get to get into high gear and qualify. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I was team no practice. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Let's find an hour. Where did your pick finish in the race? How did your pick do? My overall picks? Yeah. No, your winner. Who did you have winning it? Um,
0: so, I, I, all week long, I basically picked one of every manufacturer and avoided the question. And I said, <laughs> it's going to be a blaney hamlin Elliott duel. Yeah. Because that's what I felt. Uh-huh. Well, Blaney and Elliott wrecked in the same wreck, and Hamlin was kind of nowhere to be found. So, I was a major 0 for 3 on, I, on the three guys I thought were going to duel for the win.
3: I had Chastain. He was making me look pretty smart till he got busted on pit road for doing something, speeding or something. He's speeding uh, on entry, I think. He won the second stage. And then sped on a pit road, I think.
0: I think you're right. Right after that. I, I will say, the, the one on, on Dirty Mode Doe, we talked about who we didn't think was going to run good. And I was like, listen, we're going to fade, which basically means we're going to, we don't love Kyle Larson. He don't like Speedway Racing. Go right. to this. And w- about the end of regulation on our text thread, I had a buddy say, Kyle Larson's getting ready to make us look really, really, really stupid if he yeah. wins this race. Now, unfortunately for Kyle Larson, he got caught up in the wreck, finished 18th. Um, so that made us look a little less dumb that he definitely did have his his hiccup and his issues but the three i thought were going to dominate the race didn't um even hamlin denny was kind of up there but he didn't have that pizzazz the whole race
3: didn't well i mean when the when the after we talked about after a restart the front row would could lock down the whole field you know so denny and those guys are really limited on what they were able to do to move through the field we got to quickly talk about um uh the xfinity race junior motorsports Races out of this building right here, sitting there uh, with all four cars lined up, second through fifth, with, you know, 15, 10 laps to go, Um, and it all went to hell. Well said. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are going to, you know, I saw the social media comments, you know, get your boys to figure it out, get your boys to line up, why ain't they working together? That is such a tough position to be in. We've been talking about this for a couple days and me and the team and the drivers. The problem with this is there's not an answer to this. It's not two plus two equals four. Here you go. Go down the road with that. There's nothing. I'm not. I told the drivers we would. I would never. I prefer not to give them a script. I prefer not to give them a choreographed. Hey, this is how we're going to do it. This way we're going to run the race. I want you guys to be like, you know, do this, do this, do that. When they start the race, I thought they want. They ran an incredible race all day. They did. I'm going to let them do whatever they want to do. You got to run, <laughs> take your run. You got you want to lead a little bit. You think you got enough car to do it? Do it. So it, it it it's so. This is where I know you. I think too well. I don't know why this
0: surprises anyone. Like what I saw is your opinion of drafting through yeah. your own drivers, yeah. and 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 this is a compliment to you and your organization. And people can hate me for saying this. You and I would go to these team debriefs, and we'd be talking about how we're all going to work together, right? (laughs) And you would look at Gordon, and Gordon would look at you and be like, man, I don't think I could do that. And he's like, yeah, me either. He's like, we're just going to agree right now that we're not going to be mad at the end of the race. We're going to do whatever it takes. Yep, okay, and walk out. Well, guess what? Guess who the two best drafters were in the room? You two. So when I watched Junior Motorsports, I watched teamwork to the excellent degree to get to second to fifth. But I was watching that with some friends, and they were like, oh, man, the junior teammate's going to do this and this and this. I said, nope, nope, no, they're not. And they're like, oh, yeah, they are. I said, no, they're not. And here's why. So it's easy for someone who's – the only people that should care what happened that day are you, your sister, and those four drivers. Right? And here's why I say that. If I'm Brandon Jones, new to the team, man, I'm your guy. I just need to know what you want. I'm okay if the team is – Go win a race, guys, and you know I would be mad if I wrecked my, you know, a ridiculous block. But I didn't see any of that. I saw speedway racing that went wrong. So I hear what you're saying. I, I saw the same things on social media, and it's easy to say they should work together. Well, but it's refreshing. Let me just say it's refreshing that they actually raced because I am not a big the first time, and I've said this before, that I watch a teammate push another teammate across the line for the Daytona 500 or not pull out of line. I'm gonna lose my mind. So I, I, I could see how it w- is worth discussing, and maybe you want to change your approach because financially it wasn't good, but I like,
3: at least I think it's clear how they were expected to race. We went around and around on this, what we could have done, should have done, yeah. okay? And you can literally shoot holes in just about any any idea. If we had went, you know, should we go around the 21 with 10 to go? As early as possible, right? Go ahead and put him to the back. It's possible, but I think that actually breaks up one or two of our guys off the. You know, no doubt he ends up racing side by side with third or fourth. The third or the fourth guy isn't getting through. No, yep. And so, um, do, if we wait to the very last lap, the third and fourth junior sports car that serves them no purpose. They're not. Gonna, they have no chance to have to sit. That's very stingy to ask them to sit in line. Well, you basically said we, we don't we, we're not going to give you a chance to no. win this race. Yeah, and so you know, did I love Justin pulling out of line? In hindsight, probably not, but honestly, if I was driving his car, it's probably the same move I would have made. We hit we weren't we didn't lose that race in that moment, but it's it's hard to say, and the one thing that I would say that we could do differently or that we could do better, and this is on me. so as an owner, right, you can always try to improve how do you communicate with different drivers, how they like to be talked to, how they like, you know, what kind of information they want. But in those scenarios, if that's Penske lined up, or if that's Richard Childress racing or, or Hendrick, who are you going to hear on the radio at some point in those last 10 laps? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to see hear somebody other than the drivers and crew chiefs for right. sure. Yep. So I've, I probably fell short in that moment to really go, hey guys, in a great spot right here, Everybody mm-hmm. kind of recognized the moment. Whether that would have really changed anything that anybody decided to do, but it might have put the it might it might have put the light bulb on for those guys to go, oh yeah, we are all lined up right here. We do have them outnumbered. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. I was sitting in I was sitting at that racetrack, and I've never been a guy to jump on the radio and and rah 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 before the race or 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 even during the race, really giving any hands on advice. I know that Roger Penske would have. I know that in that moment, Rick probably would have. Certainly, Richard I would have definitely had a hand
0: on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, Rick would have been like, "Hey,
3: we should encourage them to work together." That's right. Right. right, right. I wish I would have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. The other thing is, you talk about the meeting with H- Hendrick Motorsports on Saturday before the Sunday race at Talladega or Daytona. Right. We'd sit down and we'd say, "Hey, what are you willing to do for me? What should I expect from you?" Yep. Okay. You I think can, we would leave there at least having an understanding yeah. of like, okay, Dale's already says he's going to do what he has to do, so don't be mad when he does it. Right. He just told me right to my face. We're going to have this right. conversation now, so we don't have the argument after. That's. I think that's a great point. Our guys, I don't believe, communicated enough to get to really know what to expect from each other. All right, man, you know, I'm going to help you all day long until till this moment. Then mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to be dependable, right? Expect me to be a little aggressive. Or, man, I got you back. All night long, and I'm here for you. Right, whatever, whatever it is, just everybody be transparent. And so, going in that race, you kind of know what you know, where your defenses need to be, Mm -hmm. right? How to how to how to handle those. But now to define
0: your company, though, this is a great transition year for your company because you have a couple new crew chiefs, a new driver, a, a new guy in the role of competition director. Like he's been here a long time, and not in that role. And the reason I say that is because I appreciate what you're saying, but that mantra, that mentality, that approach. You can't just come in the day before as the owner and say, This is how we're going to. Like, it's as, as much as it's painful here a week out. Yeah. I actually think you guys are going to circle this date and go, Oh, man, we won a lot of races because that one went totally bad. Yeah. Because I am I think if you would have had that meeting, I would have been like, Yeah, oh, yeah, we've been all been in these meetings. It's fine. Like, why am I listening? You know, it's kind of like when you get your first F at school, you're like, oh, I'm paying attention now. Yeah. Because I
3: really need. So it's kind of. It was certainly a. a- teaching moment
0: you'll have my point is when you (laughs) want to meet with everybody before atlanta or talladega or if bump garner does or your sister does i think you're going to have everybody's attention a little bit more than you would have the first race just because they lived it
3: i um i did tell the drivers i said you know if we're sitting there with you know 10 laps to go and we're all in the top five y'all need to recognize the situation that's right if that ever it might not never happen again but if it does things are a little bit different you need to know they're different. and You need to recognize they're different. Uh, the problem I have is trying to tell them exactly what that means. What does that mean for the fourth guy, the third guy, right? And I can't ask him to, all right, man, you're going to finish fourth, all right. If you're the fourth guy, five to go. That's just the way it is, all right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna tell him that he's just t- to surrender to the to the other three, and so. But I did tell them, I said, you know, we're not done talking about this because we don't have a a true solution, but if we are ever in that situation again, we will not and cannot lose the race. Yeah, we're going to do it different. Yeah. So I I kind of equate it to the Cindric block
0: on Blaney for the 500 a year ago. Yeah. Everybody's like, I can't believe he blocked Blaney. I said, oh, I can. And I can't believe Blaney's mad at it. They said, so you have no problem. I said, listen, as long as Austin wins the race, it's fine. Now, if he blocks Blaney and Bubba wins on the bottom – totally different meeting on monday
2: <laughs> yeah so that could happen
0: which could happen but that's what you're saying yeah. about your drivers is hey guys i believe in drivers ability enough i'm not going to put a script out here how i think you need to do it but i think it's fair as an owner to say but you four need to you know go hang out together and say okay what could we have done different because yeah. now the owners said hey we got to be more successful when when we are in this position like yeah. i get to your point you're going to have more and more conversations i, I don't hate your approach because I think that – I don't think it's by chance a single car won the 500. I think team – I want to talk about that final restart, Like, Childress doing that whole pull-down thing, yeah. flat didn't work. No. Like, the top lane drove around them. So sometimes team – and I'm bad at it because I was the guy in the pit box. I've never driven one. Guys like me think, man, we know better. Like, no, no, this is what you should do. And then half the time I'm going to give the team's credit. But then the other half, the driver's are like, I told you that wasn't going to work, and it didn't work. So – I do think, you know, you aren't Richard Childress or Roger Penske, or, but, but but you also are a driver, which I think changes your kind of approach to it.
3: Team orders, I mean, nothing's not, at those races, nothing is going to work 100% of the time. No. And, I mean, that went as bad as it could possibly go. It's and almost
0: it was, more like, listen, if you're the fourth guy in line with 10 to go, you have to understand yourself. You have put yourself in position to not win this yeah. race. So now your mentality has to set be like, man, I hate this. But I'm the fourth one in line so I'm just going to follow my
1: teammates yeah. you know It was embarrassing I hope we don't do that again
2: AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes.
1: So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Going to the next
3: race, Fontana. Man, uh, this is the last race on the two-mile course. And I don't know what happens going forward. It's apparently going to get reconfigured. Two years later, we're going to have a short track. Uh, that's not, I don't think that's 100% uh, written in stone. But that's the plan. Right. I believe that this track is a lot of fun. It uh, Multi-groove. I badly wanted to go run the Xfinity race there this weekend. I had two races that I was going to run this year, but we couldn't put together a package that wanted that would activate and, and work for a partner on the West Coast. All the people that we're working with—they're like, "Hey, man, we want to—we want to function in this part of yeah. the country, and this is where we need to sell stuff." So, um, I didn't get a deal put together, uh, but I am. Uh, so, I'm a little envious about, you know, the Xfinity and the Cup guys going out there and and the fun they're going to have. It's a—it's a blast. It is. It's um. You know what,
0: I, I, I have this conversation internally that I believe that the, the beauty of the NASCAR series is that we have completely different races everywhere we go. So it's okay if you watch Fontana and you don't like it, right? It's okay yeah. if you say, no, man, I'm a Bristol and a Martinsville guy. Good for you, right? But there's a group of race fans out there, me being one of them, that like that worn out, slippery, bumpy racetrack and what you have to do to be good at it. Uh, I'm excited to see. Last, year, or last week was the Daytona 5. That's not the kickoff to the season yeah. to me. That's its own thing. So I want to see who's good. Like who's good at like it's the second year of this car, so has an off season changed? Like who learned what over the off season? Can they learn anything?
3: When you think about Fontana, like I think when I think about the races there, I remember all these really wild, crazy finishes. Right, Harvick whipping around the top and passing uh, uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jenny's crash the twenty two and the eighteen, all kind of banging into the fence. So on, on that last lap, there's been some spectacular moments, and I feel like that. The track is actually got a popular uh, vibe about it right now. Oh, I hope the place is like sold out and electric, and all <laughs> the decision makers are like, "Have we messed this up?" I wonder where the de-
0: I wonder what's driving that decision to reconfigure. So I believe this. I'm I'm a big believer in this, and I say this all the time. I think that one challenge the <clears> sport has is everything takes so long. Yeah. So I'm going to change the track. We're going to change the car, and the rules can change, and it's so hard to get those three in sync. Yeah. So, so, and what I mean by that is it's like, so Texas changed three or one and two, and then the rules package, I would have said, man, have been better on the old track. And so California says, hey, we're going to switch to a short track. Well, I don't think it's a secret that the short track package is not the most entertaining in this car. Scary right now. Like the two mile track is going to be way more <laughs> yeah. entertaining. So it, it's this hard. I think it's that's what's so impressive about, like, you know, we're both looking at our iPhones, right? Like, so, Apple comes out with this phone that takes a year to produce. How do they dream what we're going to want? A better camera, more a storage. Now. You, you know. So I think the sports the same way. Like I actually think the two mile track is what they need for this car yeah. currently. Oh yeah,
3: I think that the property values and
0: oh, that's the point. We're gonna. This is no different than your local short track yeah. that's gone away for apartments. You're gonna lose a, a cup
3: race because I think that's they've a, done sold <laughs> the land.
0: I think you're right.
3: Yeah, even if it was the greatest. Weekend ever Yeah. Fontana the 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 they're done sign the well contract. you also
0: have to remember we talk markets we were just there two weeks yeah. ago at the Coliseum yeah like when you think about the markets at times like I love the Coliseum idea it was great but should auto club still be the second race of the year if we were literally just in the same state forty five yeah. miles away yeah. at the
3: you know and that yeah that too that's another thing so if we don't race in um if we don't race at Fontana, everybody's like, well, what are we going to do? We can't not race in Southern California. We can't not be there. Can we not? I mean, why can't we? Well, right. Just a damn year, you know. We had never been to Idaho. Dude, during like, the pandemic <laughs> year, there was a lot of places we didn't go to. Right. Right we racing in a lot of tracks two two and three, four times. I listen, I say the trick to the schedule is not anything magical other than change. I don't understand the 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 uh oh we have to run in southern we have to figure out a place to go. We have to go. We got Vegas, we got Phoenix. Ugh. We're on that side of the country. Yeah. People I'm, drive to these things. Yeah. If they did, you know, insist that there is absolutely no way to have a season without a Southern California points paying race, I would hope that they would consider a place like Irwindale. What do you think? Oh, I think Irwindale
0: would be a cool track. Short track. Listen, I'd be fine. We don't need more road courses. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about famous road courses, I'm like, well, let's go to Laguna Seca. Hey, like, like you know, where is Laguna Seca? I mean, it's by it's so it's a little maybe a little farther north, right? It's up, um, heck, I don't really know, Monterey. So yeah. it's it's maybe south of San Francisco, it's maybe too little too close to Sonoma. Okay,
3: but I mean, there's got to be short tracks out there somewhere. Yeah. Well, I. I know the short track packages uh, got everybody on edge right now—is whether they they've made any gains on it or not. But there ain't no other two mile tracks out there. Well, that's the problem. Is there's a lot of half mile tracks. Yeah, let's like, go to some of those. Two miles are or- yeah. <laughs> so let's, no, I this I, I hope let, it's a great let's race. not go to uh, Coliseum. Let's not go to a street course. Let's not. You know, I don't hate your Laguna Seca idea, but I. Right, so listen, I love the concept of the Coliseum, but I don't think it needs to be in the Coliseum. Where?
0: Why, why, why can't it move? What happens if you did the same concept? We own the—they own the safer barriers, they own the fencing. You're just putting some asphalt down. What happens if you put that at Texas A&M? Is it big enough? I, I don't know. They said that the Coliseum has a unique sort of footprint. Okay, this is—I this is, don't know. So, yeah. if that, or or like, what if you put it in the parking lot of the Mall of America? Went to Minneapolis in the summer for the All Star race. Like, like I love the idea of a yeah. temporary track to bring it to markets that don't have a track, mm-hmm. assuming there are some. Yeah. But let's go. Let's you know. What if you could put it in Lambeau Field? What if the All-Star Race could be in Lambeau Field? Like, who yeah. knows what
3: it would look like? I don't know. I don't know, man. I need. To, I, will, I, like, I like the tracks to have some history. I, just, I to, Well, we're going back to wilkes bro. You're, you're getting <clears> to some of them. I don't want a kiosk of a racetrack. That's well put.
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like that.
3: <laughs> I'm going to steal that line
0: at yeah. some point. All right. I'm going to take that one.
1: The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June, Hardy and Kit Moore.
2: Love Hardy. In
1: uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm gonna, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open. I don't want to miss a thing.
2: Yeah, you, you know, you got to act quick. Yes. And when you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for a business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm-hmm. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. recruiter zip recruiter finds qualified candidates fast and right now you can try it for free at ziprecruitercom slash dale jr
1: zip recruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles immediately after you post your job zip recruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are
3: live now. All right, it's finally time for our favorite part of the show. Ask Junior is back, and it's brought to you by Xfinity 10G Network. Let's look at the questions that you guys have sent in. Andrew, take it away.
1: Yeah, uh, this first one is from the YouTube chat. They were they were already chiming in uh, thirty minutes before we went live. So love oh. to see it. This is from John Adams. Do you miss when you could dial up other drivers during the race, during a Super Speedway, especially?
3: I definitely did not get everything out of that. Like, um, I probably would have abused it. You know, keyed up the mic and been like, "Hey, what you doing? What you thinking about? What's going on? What you doing after the race?" That was a dumb move. Hey, man. You know, I would probably not use it as intended, uh, and then probably would have been, uh, subsequently removed from everybody else's radios, uh, so that I couldn't, chi- I couldn't, I couldn't reach out to them. I would have probably been, uh, my intent would have been to annoy the hell out of everybody, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for a laugh. And, um, so that, that that's probably good that that didn't continue.
1: Yeah, you think yeah. that oh, so. that it's not around today. Now <laughs> the spotters have a good have to thing. Do the thing. Yeah. Uh, this second one is from Max Kurtok, um, and and we saw it on your social media this weekend. What did you think about the new driver's eye camera that Fox debuted this weekend? I thought it was great.
3: Um, You know, I don't love the blurring out the dash. I understand why they want to do it. I don't know what, I really don't know what the information is that they don't want us to see. Maybe there's something they've, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what could be on that screen, and I'm sure it's pretty simple and pretty straightforward. And if somebody was sitting here right here at the table to tell us, we'd probably go, well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. We don't need to see that. Or I understand why you'd want to hide that from us. But uh, there is a, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, Demand for really authentic perspectives in terms of where the cameras are, and there are some that I've all that I've loved. There's some that I hate. You remember the gyro cr- cam? We'd go into the corner uh, at Talladega Daytona, and they would take the camera and turn it, and it really wasn't a true gyro cam. It was just a guy with a joystick twisting the angle of the camera, and. You know, wasn't it wasn't a self-leveling camera, right? And so it was (laughs) bullshit. And so, and then the you know the the there's other camera angles that are just pointless to me. The 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 drone, yeah, zooming around. I mean, what the hell is that? Yeah. Um, no, No, you know, as many. As many times as we felt like we were going to commercial break, and we come back and we're, zon- we're droning around and not really looking at what's going on. You know, I want to see the freaking race up front. I want to see the cars that are trying to battle for the lead. We're missing sh.
1: Yeah, if you look at the lake half the time.
3: <laughs> um, I love a roof cam. I love a fixed roof cam that doesn't turn, that doesn't move. The reason why is because when that roof cam is locked down and not moving, not panning to look at the car beside or whatever, I can tell when that car is tight or loose, and I can tell when the car has a moment. And that driver's eye camera is just really cool uh, to be able to. It's it's really kind of what it looks like. It, it is a great perspective, um, and I I feel like it would be cool if we could kind of get down lower and point it up. You know, it's it's. I kind of feel like we're looking down into the steering wheel a little bit. They'll work on that. Uh, positioning, I, I assume, to get us a better shot out of the out of the front of the car, but it's uh it's cool technology.
1: It was really cool when I think with Briscoe, they had he like flipped his visor, yes. and you could see the dark to like yep. what he was seeing. I thought yeah. that was really cool.
3: And Clint pointed that out, man. The harmonics in the car sometimes will make your nose itch or whatever, and yeah, uh, or you're just wiping you know sweat to keep it from running. A, a lot of times, sweat runs down into your brow. If you don't wipe it, it's going in your eye. It's going in your eye, and that's you know, so I don't know how many times you lift your visor to to, to do something like that, but um, you know, it's it's a great point. It's a great opportunity to see you know what the drivers are messing with, what they're looking at. You know, you can kind of see them turning and looking their head toward a toward a mirror or whatever, right? And um, yeah, so that's great. I, I like it. I think you know
1: sometimes less is better. In this case, uh, it's a good deal. This next question is coming from. this is probably the most asked question I've seen on social media the last couple of weeks, and it's about the North Wilkesboro All Star Race. People want to know if you've considered running in that no. in that event. No, no, no. Um, I don't know that I've
3: had an invite to do it. I'm not going to run in it. I am. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to run our late mile stock car on Wednesday. Uh, the cars tour race will be there on Wednesday there's a super late model uh, race on Tuesday i believe a pro late model and a cars tour uh, a cars tour pro and a cars tour late model stock race on Wednesday so two car- two races that day the trucks i mean i would i would be interested i you know what i'll tell you this if the trucks didn't have stages i would run that race <laughs> i'd run i'd have already ran at martinsville if the trucks didn't have stages but the stages at martinsville in a truck race what are they 40 laps they beat the <laughs> out of each other they run over each other and dump each other in every corner and the stages confine them to being all over the top of each other. You can't get away from each other, the races and the stages and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I, I probably would run the truck race if I, you know, knew I was going to get a good long run, wear some tires out, sliding around chance to really put some, put some distance on some people or whatever. Right. So that, that kind of is a turnoff for me is the uh, stages that, Short races that are already short, the trucks,
1: the Xfinity, and stages uh, at short tracks, it just, to me, none of that works. And we're already starting to see a little bit of those changes in terms of not throwing a yellow at, I think it's the road courses, right? I love it. Would you like to see that everywhere? Well, hopefully we're trending in that direction,
3: you know? I think that it's, uh, I, I think, I don't know about everywhere, I think it's some of the longer races, the stages don't bother me as much. Uh, for you know some of the bigger 500 mile events, uh, I'm, I'm kind of okay with the stages. They don't bother me. I don't mind them, but they bothered the hell out of me at the short races. Uh, a little a truck race at a short track doesn't need stages. You know, it just doesn't. And and for me, it, it's uh, unnecessary sort of pausing the action. Of already a a very brief event.
1: This next one, we kind of touched on the Daytona Five Hundred a little bit in Dirty Air. What'd you think of Jimmy Johnson and Travis Pastrana on Sunday? Both of them ran in the top ten. I, uh, I will be honest with you, man. Jimmy
3: surprised me, and um, I guess he shouldn't. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. But you know, listening, I was listening to Latart, Dirty Mode. Uh, and he was like, you know, I don't, I I think that the numbers for Jimmy and the odds for Jimmy and the odds makers are going to favor him. And I think this will be a a difficult, uh, you know, the unfamiliar race car and how the draft works with this car is a little bit different. Uh, I thought he would struggle. He didn't, he was very patient. Every time anybody gave him an opportunity to take positions, he took them and, uh, methodically, in pure Jimmy style, man was moving his way into the top 10. He was kind of always sort of lurking off to the side of the edge of the photo. Right. And always sort of on the edge of the camera shot in the, you know, sixth, eighth, 10th position and uh, in position for a great run. So good job of Jimmy. And, um, now I'm, you know, even more, I think that has me even more excited about the next race he'll run. It'll be a completely different track, completely different experience, completely different techniques and so forth. And, I think he'll even maybe have a better opportunity to shine at some of those races. But yeah, I, I um uh, he he picked that he picked
1: up the racing at Daytona in this next gen car really quickly. I, I heard um he was he was talking about like practicing like simulator laps and he didn't know there was a fifth gear because of the next gen car yeah. and so he ran a whole sim sim lap in fourth gear. I thought it was funny. Yeah. But yeah, he adjusted really quick, it seemed and like. Some drivers
3: had a sixth gear. Did you see that on TV?
1: Yeah, 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 I was wondering, wondering about that. Six. He, really?
3: That's what they say. They call finding finding another gear. He found it. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> he literally, yeah, yeah, quite,
1: quite literally yeah. did. Um, th- this next one is from Mike Jackson. Uh, have you ever been asked to do SNL? Would that be something you'd like to do? No. <laughs> um, that's that time has came and went, man. I think if I could have done it,
3: it would have been in you know o four o five o six. I might have gotten asked to do it, and I might have turned it down because I was too scared to do it. Yeah, you wouldn't like that. Have liked might to do have it? happened. <laughs> oh, so wait. Oh, that might have happened. Yeah, oh, really. That might have happened.
1: What about now? If you were asked to do it, would you do no it? No way. No.
3: No way. You know, I um, the, if I don't know if this will make sense, and I might sound like a complete asshole, but um, randomly, right? So let's go back to two thousand and four. Okay, two thousand and five, or something like that. Peak of our popularity, or so, or, or you know, we're we're racing well. Bud, bud deals, kicking and tail, and everything's good. Um, we'd get a call. Hey, they want, you know, we're going out to Fontana and they want you to do uh, Letterman or Leno or whatever, right? Not Letterman's New York, but they want you to do a late night show. And I'm like, well, I ain't done anything. I haven't won a race. I thought in my mind, like you did those things when you won the Daytona 500 yeah. or when you won a championship or when you had just had this incredible thing happen, wrote a book, whatever, right? You don't just go for the sake of going. I now know when I watch these shows like, yeah, they have people just pop on all the time. You know, the guests are coming in and out and yeah, they had Jeff Gordon on late night the other other week. But a lot of those people are there to promote a new movie, a new a new thing. Right. And so in my mind is like, man, if I had if I didn't feel worthy, I I didn't want to do it because I, I would go in there and feel like I didn't deserve to be there. Didn't belong there. Yeah. And um. Now, that's definitely probably not how I felt about the Saturday Night Live invite. Honestly, I don't really remember whether we got one or not, but it feels like we might have gotten one years ago. It was almost 20 years ago. And I would absolutely have turned it down out of pure fear of doing it. (laughs) Right? And then Jeff does it, and I'm thinking, damn. You know, that's one thing that Jeff had the balls to do that I probably didn't have the balls to do it. And so, you know, kudos to him. Uh, and he did a great job, right? Yeah. He got out of there in one piece. Yeah. But I was terrified. I'm going to tell you, man, I've never been more scared in my life. I got it, I got asked to uh, in, introduce Lincoln Park at the MTU Music Awards, mm-hmm. and I, I was kicking and screaming, like, like heels in the dirt, like getting shoved toward the door <laughs> to go in there. I'm like, no! And my PR guy, Jade, he's like, You got to do this. This is going to be so good for you. You you know, but the bud people are behind this. You have to do it. Like you've got to go do this. This is going to be important. Of course, after the fact, when you're done, you're like, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad I did this. Thanks for making me do this. You're thrilled. But man, going into it, you're terrified of it. You're like, like, I don't have to do this. I don't need this. I don't want this in my life. Like I don't want to be up here. And you, (laughs) they turn. I was in this little tube and they were going to spin me around and then that'd be facing the audience right (laughs) and i they spin me actually i I walked up there and backstage with uh beyonce and yeah i mean wait this is oh one or something but it was a long time ago but man we're backstage luckily uh there's all these stars around and this one of the crew one of the guys that's like pulling the curtain or whatever right there's all these stars around, and the crew guy walks up to me and he's got a die cast. And I was like, of mm-hmm. all these people here, like they're big mega stars. And you're like, hey, man, can I, I can't get yours. I That right before I was getting ready to go on stage, and that really helped. That's good. That kind of pumped my ego a little bit to yeah. make me feel like, okay. But man, when I spun around and saw <laughs> all those, musicians and stars staring back at me i was like where how did i get here yeah <laughs> it's
1: like wow what am i doing here <laughs> <Yeah>. isn't <laughs> it, it terrifying isn't it funny how like those moments like how how would like the fear of that compare to anything racing nothing no. yeah so, isn't that funny yeah racing is not scary until
3: <laughs> you know you're flying out of control i guess the nerves then not it i will say that's a yeah, it's comparable to probably how you feel like right before you go qualify. Right. Qualifying used to be pretty scary because <laughs> it was like, you know, you were going to go, all right, man, we're going right to the edge. Yeah. Like, in the race, you don't go to right to the edge till you know, certain moments. And you have all day to understand just how close you can get to that edge. In qualifying, you got to go to the edge right away, and you don't know, you know, you might go too far, you might slip off the edge, but it has to happen. You have to go to the edge right away. You don't get to work up to it. Like, you don't have 400 miles yeah. or 500 miles to find the edge. And uh, so qualifying, for me, I was always more nervous for qualifying than than the race itself. I find that interesting. Yeah. That's a good place to uh, to end this week. Okay. All right. Great questions. Thankful for Xfinity. 10G Network. 10G. Man, they skipped a bunch. I know. They went right to 10. Doubled yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, check it out. It's fastest internet. I mean, probably the fastest ever. Uh, even faster speeds rolling out every day. Uh, it's the next generation of high-speed network from Xfinity. All right, everybody. We are going to wrap this episode up. Steve, thanks for coming in and help us, helping us out while our buddy Mike Davis is on the mend. Appreciate your insight, as always. And everything else that you do for NASCAR, you are a busy man. We got you working uh, every week with your uh, Dirty Mo' Doe podcast. How's that going? Oh, it's a blast. It's
0: a great time to try to introduce the NASCAR fan to, gamb- to gambling and try to introduce the gamblers that are out there to NASCAR, mixing uh, two groups of people. It's so much fun each week to try to guess what we're going to see on a
3: Sunday. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, great listen if you're interested in that sort of thing. I think it actually is a great listen even if you're not gambling because you handicap handicapping the field. You're basically just telling us who's the favorite, who's, who's who do you don't think is going to do really well in a more entertaining way than just giving me, hey, man. I think this guy's gonna win. Right, right. Well, listen. What you know, our man Chopper, who's on there, he's financially
0: invested. So, <laughs> um, if you want to, if you want to listen, you should listen because he didn't have the best
3: Daytona 500. Oh, and we're gonna put him on the carpet and find out what went wrong. Can't wait to listen to it every Thursday. Dirty Mo Doe. Uh We'll see you tomorrow uh, for our uh, next installment of the Dale Junior Download. My guest is Jeffrey Earnhardt. My sister Kelly's gonna come in and help me with that interview. Uh, looking forward to that conversation. We'll see you then. Media. On, Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.